0: Welcome to Her Money's Worth, a community and podcast focused on helping you to sort out your money, navigate the world of investing, and build long-term wealth. You're joined by your host, Olivia, and each week, we deepen our knowledge about all things finance and ensure we're getting our money's worth from every hard-earned dollar. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of Her Money's Worth. Like I said it was going to, February literally went past in the blink of an eye and we are already in our first episode for March. I'm so excited because today's episode is our first finance book club of the year and in today's episode we're going to be talking about four very unique lessons that we can take from Vince Scully's book, Live the Life You Want with the Money You Have. Now I wanted to start off this year's book club with this book because I absolutely love the idea behind this book and how it focuses on the idea of getting exactly what you want out of life on whatever income you have so it doesn't matter who you are and what money you earn the ideas and learnings within this book and that i'm going to talk about in this episode will definitely apply to you and i think that wherever you are on your journey in your personal finance journey you will absolutely still get something out of what i'm going to talk about today and the book if you want to read it I absolutely learned lots of things from this book and picked up lots of different tips and tricks that I hadn't heard before. And if you are new to Personal Finance 2, and this is the first book that you've come across of Personal Finance and interested in diving into it, then it also really does actually start from the basics and runs you through basically an entire financial plan for your whole life. So it's kind of cool because it covers all the way from your 20s to retirement and then in between. So put really simply, this book basically outlines a really easy to follow set of adjustable rules to just ensure that you are being really smart and mindful with your money at every stage of your life and that you are using and viewing money as a tool to achieve exactly what you want to achieve. It really does give you guidance whether you are making 60k or whether you are making 600k because the rules and the foundations and the approach are generally the same and it doesn't matter how much you're earning, which is something that I really love and I like to talk about that a lot and I really advocate for however much you're earning, you're still having to put the basics in place. It also talks about the fact that you are ideally preparing in your 20s and your 30s, but it gives you the sort of the, the tool book and the ideas to take throughout your entire life. So the earlier you're preparing the better, but it also gives tips for wherever you're at in your journey and wherever you're at in your life. In today's episode, Although I've talked about the fact that there's lots of good basics and money lessons in this book, I'm going to try and pick out, or I have tried to pick out some unique points for this book compared to other finance books that I've read and that you might have read that we enjoy. But I'm going to pick out some unique points that you might not have heard of. So we're going to be talking about a few different tips and tricks from those. And we're also going to have a little bit of a chat about car loans and credit cards towards the end of the episode. So stay tuned for a little spicy chat towards the end on that because I was really pleasantly surprised by sort of the commentary around car loans and credit cards that I found in this book. So I thought that was going to be a great point, but that is point four. So stay to the end for that one. And then right at the end of the episode today i'm going to be announcing the next book club that we are going to be reading over march and april and for this one i've been absolutely desperate to read this for a while and i've actually been trying to like get my hands on it because it's not in every single bookstore um and i'm going to announce that at the end on the podcast a week early before i'm going to pop it onto socials so hang around for that the first part of this book that i really enjoyed was where vince dived into talking about how the world has actually changed and there are different rules for us versus our grandparents and parents. So in the first part of the book, Vince does dive into some basics of personal finance, including concepts such as spend less than you earn. And he also talks about the fact that buying your not buying your coffee every morning mathematically actually doesn't add up to have that much impact, which is a really good win. So thank you for that one, Vince. But something I did really like in these early stages is how he talks about sort of the rules that were there for our parents when they were navigating big life events, such as getting their first job or buying their first house and car, and the rules that are sort of here now for us. And when I say rules, I mean sort of like our made up financial rules that I guess society or people that are good with money or just people at barbecues that talk to you about money those rules that we sort of all agree on. And I think it's what comes to mind when I think about those rules is like, oh, you should never get a car on finance. And that's one that particularly irks me. So that's sort of the rules I mean. And I think the approach that our grandparents or parents took and the success they had by by following those rules isn't necessarily going to yield the same result for us if we follow them. So some examples that Vince gives us for these types of rules is the fact that when our grandparents or parents were navigating the world buying their first house, people might've said things like, buy the biggest house you can afford and then just work it out from there. Whereas we know seeing the last few years with COVID and then interest rates and house prices and inflation, we know that people that have bought the biggest house they could possibly afford and possibly borrow are now in a world of pain. So we know that that doesn't necessarily ring true or that's not necessarily the smartest thing for us to do anymore. And then the other thing he says is that in our grandparents or our parents' day, people might've said something like, oh, spend less on coffee and going out and you'll be totally fine. But in this, in today's society, these rules just simply don't translate in the same way. And missing out on your coffee or missing out on a brunch is just not going to translate in this, into the same result due to the cost of things, due to inflation, due to interest rates, due to wages. So He basically just talks really nicely about the fact that we don't need to be following those exact rules that our grandparents or our parents followed. And if we've got someone older in our life telling us exactly what we should do or exactly how things are, we need to kind of be just reviewing that within today's time. So something that he does talk about in detail here, just to give you an example, is how banking has changed. And he notes that during our parents' and our grandparents' days, the bank would really only loan you what you could definitely afford to pay back and credit cards and access to debt products, such as buy now, pay later, were pretty rare. So that sort of technology hadn't really been invented, implemented, it wasn't popular. So I guess what I took from this was that our parents and our grandparents in a way were sort of forced to be a bit better with money because debt wasn't accessible to tide us over to the next paycheck. So those basic money, budgeting habits that we talk about and that I advocate for probably came more easily and were more widely spread. Whereas today there are things in place to kind of get us through and credit cards are more accessible and talked about and debt is more. And it's also like debt's a bit trendy at the moment with buy now, pay later and all of those products. So, and the advertising that's shoved in our face to these things as well is also extreme and not what our parents would have been experiencing with their lack of access to social media, etc. And he also in, in the conversation, he doesn't advocate for any return to sort of more serious regulation. That's not what I'm saying at all. He just notes down how it's a different situation and that money and debt is more accessible. And that makes it just more complex. And the ability for people to actually get themselves into debt is a little bit easier. Another interesting point that Vince raises, and I sort of talked about this a little bit before, is how society is now very different because it has become much more mobile. It's become much more transparent. And this is probably through access to social media. Like I noted before, we've got just so much more access to understand how we can get money, how we can borrow money, what other people are doing with their money, how other people are investing. So we've got We've got this wealth of knowledge, which is great and amazing, but then it also makes things a little bit more complicated. It also encourages us to try and sort of reach newer heights, even if we have to reach them heights through debt. Um, It gives us this idea that people like us are living this crazy good life when they're probably using debt to do it. And it just normalizes it more for us. And we're probably also seeing more because we've got more access to travel, we can move around. So yeah, he just taught, it's really interesting. So I would, I will definitely recommend as we go through to go and read the book, but I really just love these, these points. And then one more, I'll just note for you, he actually had quite a lot in his book and he talked a lot about how things were really different, but these were just the ones I liked the most. Um, but he also talked about how we are spending longer in education And as a society, because we're spending longer in education, we're deferring big life events. So that could be, you know, uni, study, um, getting married, having children, starting our first full time jobs, getting our first house. So this should actually be leading us towards a longer working life. So instead of retiring at 65 we probably maybe should be retiring at 70 and this might only push back as as time goes on however we haven't really shifted the idea of this so society hasn't really adopted like okay we might all be working till 70 i don't want to work till 70 i don't know about you but as a society we haven't shifted that age so he basically just talks about we're sort of trying to fit in more with less money into a shorter period of time if that makes sense so maybe you know your grandparents or your parents might say to you like oh you know by 23 i had a house i had a car i had two kids whereas now we're spending longer going to uni so maybe you're not leaving uni until 22 23 24. and then that means we're not starting our job until just after that and then you know we're, we're doing the house later we're doing the car later we're doing the kids later so yeah, it's just, it's really interesting how he talks about how things have really changed and then the impact that has on our money and how we just have to be treating things a little bit differently. We have to have different expectations, etc., etc. The next thing I loved in this book was that Vince discussed how the first step to achieving peace with your money is to get a firm grip on what is really important to you. And this basically just comes down to the whole idea of really understanding yourself when you want to have success with your money. And I know this isn't super unique, but this is something that really stood out to me and something I thought was well worth highlighting because it's just a little bit different from the whole put a budget in place, do this, do that. It's just very much about Understanding why you are going on your personal finance journey, why are you listening to this podcast now? Why are you trying to achieve? Why are you trying to improve your money management? And this is something that really, really resonates with me and my wife for personal finance. And it also really resonates with why I share personal finance education online and why I actually started her money's worth. So I really enjoyed this part. I think that understanding yourself and what really means something to you is a great first step. And I think people think like, oh, I'll get the money and then I'll figure out what I want to do later. What you need to do is figure out what you want to do. And then as you go go on, hopefully the money comes or you earn money in a way that you enjoy or the money that you actually have you put into places that you enjoy. And if you don't do that first, you won't enjoy the journey. So this is why it is actually always step one. And he has a great little activity in the book, which you could really easily replicate um, just in your mind, or you could get the book, or you could um, have a look online. But it basically just highlights about 30 to 40 qualities, and he asks you to pick five or six that really resonate with you, and then list them in order. And these are, um, I should have the book in front of me, but I don't. But he has things like is adventure important to you, is family important to you, is wealth important to you, is joy, is um, meaning. Like there's just lots of different values that he goes through and basically asks you to highlight which ones are most important to you. And then he suggests that you actually keep the list handy when you decide to set new goals for the year or whenever you review your budget or your spending, like just to have it on a little like. I don't know, um, piece of paper or make a little book note out of it or have it like as your background on your phone just so you can go back and be like, okay, I'm putting in a new budget in place for the year. What do I actually value? Okay, I do value spontaneity. I value peace. I value joy. And make sure that where you're sending your money is going to help you to achieve those things that you value. So you could absolutely do this now. You could literally just look up values list online, when you google it i'm sure like a whole thing will come up and just pick five or six that really resonate with you or you could literally just think about it now and think okay what do i actually value in my day-to-day life what emotions what values do i value and what am i trying to achieve in my everyday life and i just i absolutely love this part of the book so i would strongly encourage you to do this exercise or go and read the book because i really do think that working out what is important to you where your values lie that is going to help you not only decide where to spend your time in your life and what the focus should be, but then where to actually spend your money to try and support you to get the things that you value in life. The next point in this book that I really enjoyed is something that's probably pretty boring for most people, but I'm going to talk about it because It is key for being a good adult (laughs) and it is talked about in really good detail and with specific instruction within this book. And honestly, I have not seen this very much at all. Um, And that is... Organising your paperwork. So thank you, Vince. I really appreciated this. I know it's a little bit boring, but stay with me. I'm going to give you some golden nuggets that I'm actually trying to take on at the moment. Just read the book a few weeks ago, and I'm really trying to action some of these. So, and I think it's bringing me more peace. Um, But yeah, I just thought I'd I'd note this down because I think if you put some of these habits in place, you are really going to be in a good spot because I think it's. People are very quick to tell you to buy a house, to buy shares, to do your tax, but no one talks about the absolute mountains of paperwork and documents and contracts and bills, which are all highly confusing, that will come with doing these things. And not organizing your paperwork, it just it gets you stuck in a bind. And one too many times in my life, I have been pulling my hair out because I cannot find the document or the paperwork or the piece of paper or the password. And it just, it on it, like I'm getting furious talking about it now because it honestly just infuriates me. And who would have thought that this is the point that I was going to get actually passionate about when talking about this on the podcast. I feel like with the other two, I was just like, Oh yeah, like this is, was really good. And I enjoyed it. And this one I'm like, Oh, but yeah. So in terms of like what I'm doing in terms of my, Um, paperwork organization at the moment. Like I've got one folder and then one little set of drawers and I'm trying to organize it, but I know it's all over the place. And I'm just looking at it at the moment thinking like, okay, you really need to get your act together and sort it out. And yeah, he basically just goes through each step. So like Paperwork for your house, paperwork for your shares, paperwork for your tax, how long to keep bills for. And yeah, I just thought it was really, really handy. But let me tell you some really good nuggets of advice that I'm trying to put in place now. So first one was to handle each piece of paper or digital letter email one time. So basically what he means by that is to, if you get a piece of paper in the mail and it's, I don't know, some, a bill, you need to open that bill, look at it, be like, okay, I'm gonna pay it right now, pay it and then put it into your filing cabinet into under bills. That's what handling once means. Instead of going, getting out from your letterbox, chucking it on the table, open it, reading it, be like, yeah, I'll get back to it, go in and sit down, two days later, you pick it up again, pay it, put it back on the table, Two days later you put it into your final like you only touch it once same with an email so with an email if you get a bill through and you need to pay it pay it immediately delete the email or file it away um or even if it's just if it's just something you need to read just literally as soon as it's open read it tear it up put it in the bin second point he says that ties in nicely to this is that he says you should open all of your mail next to the recycling bin and immediately chuck out anything you don't need after you've read it so Go to your post box and then just get out all those rubbish little plumber magnets, chuck them and then, unless you need a plumber, and then um, all of your bills, share correspondence, you know, any reminders, things like that. Put them somewhere if it's on your fridge or your filing cabinet straight away. And then the last tip he basically says is to go paperless with as much as you can. So that's what I'm trying to do as well at the moment. I'm trying to get through... Um, things and if I know they could be paperless, change them over. A lot of my stuff already is, but I'm also trying to do a lot of unsubscribing. And if I'm getting anything that I don't like kind of need, I'm trying to, yeah, trying to just go as paperless as possible with everything that I can, including all my bills and my shares correspondence as well. The last unique perspective that I wanted to highlight from this book is the way that Vince talks about car loans and credit cards. Like they are not evil. And I really liked this. I really like consuming financial literacy content that actually discusses different forms of debts or credit cards as tools and options rather than discussing any debt as evil and using scaremongering tactics to stop people from using them. Now i completely understand the need for warning and a discussion of the cons when it comes to debt and different credit products but i think if you are researching different financial options and pathways you and i should be treated as adults that are able to understand risk and be aware of downfalls now i think we and i think we know that failing to educate people about money and risk is much more likely to result in us making mistakes through us avoiding discussion about them or positioning them as evil than if we just talked about them, discussed the risk and presented options for people to make decisions about what might work for them best. In this book, Vince describes the idea of credit cards as a potential part of your financial management system if you are disciplined with money. In fact, on page 62, he talks about using your credit card to make payments on your bills or big expenses and then paying them off in full each time they are due, which I think is a great strategy. He discusses how this can be a really effective tool if you have a mortgage, so you can have a little bit extra money sitting on your offset at all times, which will essentially mean paying down your mortgage faster. Now, this might be something that you don't really understand if you don't have a mortgage and that's okay, Um, but it's basically just offsetting the interest. So it's less interest accruing on your amount due. And this is a strategy that I've partake in using credit cards and I also use them to collect points which also benefits me. So I think it's really great that he's discussing these things as if they're just options and pathways whilst he also discusses the idea that they do need to be paid off in full to ensure that you're not accruing any interest. He also makes mention of car loans and repayments on car loans acting as a bill that comes out of your necessity spending when he talks about his budget modeling which i believe is inspired by the 30 50 20 budget and again this is something i really like as this is again a model that i use and i know it's not for everyone but it can definitely be for some people and it links back to that discussion about the fact that the rules have changed it's not the same as it was for our parents and grandparents there's different Things cost more money, people live in different ways, our wages are different. And um, yeah, I'm not assuming that he's advocating for car loans or anything like that. It's much more a discussion about the awareness that sometimes people are paying for things that they need in life in different ways and that we can all achieve success differently. It is not a one size fits all. And personal finance at the end of the day is personal. And that is a wrap on the January-February Book Club book, Live the Life You Want with the Money You Have by Vince Scully. I know you would have gotten some interesting little tips from today's episode, but I would highly recommend checking out the book if you're interested in diving further into personal finance and deepening your knowledge with me this year. As for our next Book Club book, it is going to be Strong Money Australia by Dave Girl and oh my god i'm so excited for this book i cannot even tell you i have been actually trying i ordered the book and then it like didn't come and then i was looking around at different bookshops and i just haven't been able to find the book but I'm going to buy it from Amazon soon. So I'm going to be reading over the March, April period. And then I'm going to be coming at you with an amazing podcast episode towards the end of that period. And I can honestly see this being like four hours long because I honestly love Dave's own podcast and all of the content that he produces. So um, I will be talking about that and I will put some other links in if you want to check out Dave further after our podcast and our book club. So get excited. I will see you then for that episode, but I will also see you for next week's episode where I'm going to be talking more things, money, investing, building wealth. So have a great week and I can't wait to chat to you then. Just a quick note before you go. You may not know this, but behind Her Money's Worth and this mic is just me. I'm drafting, editing and recording all of the episodes by myself and running our social channels. So if you like this episode and would like to support this podcast to grow, I would hugely appreciate if you give this podcast a review and make sure you click follow on whatever platform you listen to it. In addition, please share this podcast with a friend who you think might want to join you in sorting out your money, starting investing and building long-term wealth. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for any financial decisions relating to any financial products. I'm not a financial advisor and the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the education you need to continue doing your own research.